Malo Lele. This is my podcast called Pacific Tales, and I am Elaine. Today's episode is called Intercultural Marriage. I chose to marry a person from another country. We have had many adventures together. Was it easy? Definitely not. Would I trade my experiences to have stayed in my own country? No, I wouldn't. In any marriage, you have to compromise and find a middle ground to keep your relationship compatible. There are some choices that intercultural couples must make that are very difficult. Here are a few things that stand out to me as difficult decisions for us and an interracial where to live I think this is probably the most difficult decision since in most cases one or the other will have to sacrifice more the way you grew up is how you are most comfortable you usually pattern your own home after what you are used to but with two cultures you have to be open to a mixture of styles I grew up with my own room, slept in a canopy bed with pink carpet, pretty much spoiled rotten, and my husband never had his own room. He slept on a mat on the floor in a one-room house with the whole family. So needless to say, we had a bit of adjusting to do. We lived our first year where I am from and then made the decision to move where he is from for three years but ended up spending a total of 13 years in Tonga, two in Samoa and 21 in Hawaii. My husband was not fond of the cold weather in the winters where I grew up and I was not particularly fond of the hot humid climate in the islands but I managed to adjust. The second is what language to speak. When the husband and wife speak different languages, they may have problems expressing their feelings with one another. What might be teasing in one language can be taken as offense in the other one. For example, in my husband's culture, if they say that you are fat, It is a compliment, but to me, that was not taken very well. We have had a few problems with this language issue and have to make ourselves very clear when it comes to our relationship. Ideally, both languages will be spoken by both the husband and wife and also taught to the children, but usually one language is preferred over the other. I did my best to learn my husband's language, and our children picked up quite a bit also. Most, mostly we spoke English, probably because I was the main one who raised the children. Number three, what foods to eat? Gotta eat, right? But what the wife likes to eat and what the husband likes to eat may be totally different especially if they're from different countries. It would be ideal if you had enough money to pay a cook for each of you. But since that is not practical, 
there has to be a lot of give and take. I grew up in a family where we ate mostly meat and potatoes with a side of veggies and a cake or pie for dessert. My husband, on the other hand, grew up by the sea. They ate a lot of seafood, including fish, octopus, mussels, and crab. Also, because he lived close to Fiji, they ate very spicy curries. This was all very foreign to me, but I was willing to give them a try, and I'm so glad that I did in some cases. I still don't like raw fish very much or octopus, but I am a fan of most cooked fish, and I love curry. Also, I was delighted to learn there are many kinds of bananas, papaya, and I especially enjoyed the variety of fruits in the islands. The next point is what traditions to keep. There are good and bad aspects of all cultures. You need to decide which ones to embrace and which ones to discontinue. Probably my biggest challenge during our first years of marriage was the extended family tradition in his culture. We had only been married a few months when my husband's brother came to live with us. We've had several of his nieces and nephews live with us over extended periods of time, and we have had my mother-in-law live with us too. Being a more private person, I have had to learn how to share my space, food, clothes, kitchen, time, vehicle, and money with those that stayed with us. My husband's family do not have distant relatives. They are all considered close relatives. You have to know where to draw the line, otherwise you may lose yourself. Also, I had to give up my American dream because moving to the islands meant earning a much lower income since my husband didn't become a US citizen until much later. Next, how to raise the children. My husband was raised with the hands-on type of discipline growing up. I don't remember ever being spanked, maybe once. So when it came time to raise our children, we had a few disagreements about how to handle them. I would cry as much as the kids did when my husband got his belt out, but fortunately he mellowed out as each child came along. I'm happy that we were able to raise our children mainly in Polynesia. They had an excellent education at an English-speaking school, which was patterned after the British school system. They have all done very well, and each went on to graduate from college. One great thing the children learned where they were raised is respect for older people. That is something that seems to be missing a bit in the youth today. Next, after the kids are gone, our la latest dilemma is where we will retire. My husband would love to go back to his homeland and farm year-round or lay on the beach. I want to be near my grandchildren, so we had thought of going our separate ways and meeting up a couple of 
of times a year, but that is still under discussion. We have to work this out together, so I will tell you how it turns out. It definitely takes a strong commitment to our marriage vows for us to live happily ever after together. We have had so many wonderful experiences in our travels. We decided to live in Hawaii because it is the best of both worlds. I am still in America, but it is located in the South Pacific when you're in Hawaii. The population is so diverse and I still can shop, have proper medical facilities and conveniences that I am used to. My husband can garden year-round in Hawaii and go to the beach just like his homeland. So an update is we decided to move to Utah. My husband still gardens, although it's only during the summer, spring and summer. And we are near our grandchildren, so we've had to make many compromises. But that's what happens when you have an international marriage. So we're, we're still happy and still together. Aloha.